The following program is recorded content created by The Truth Network. There's a whole lot to talk about today on The Line of Fire, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Phone lines are open. It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. It is the day before Thanksgiving, and the phone lines are open wide. 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. How wide? You can call and talk to me about any subject under the sun. You want to have a conversation with me? Let's do it. You want to weigh in on yesterday's broadcast where we talked about the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict? You want to weigh in on that? By all means. You want to weigh in on other cultural issues? By all means, give me a call. You're upset with me about something, want to give me a piece of your mind? 866-34-TRUTH. You got a Bible, theology question, some other question you want to ask, personal practices in my own life? Give us a call. Phone lines are wide open. I've got a bunch of things I want to talk to you about as well, but the phone lines are wide open today. And let me wish you a blessed Thanksgiving in advance and pray for grace and joy. If you have family time, good time with the Lord, time to rest and catch up. And think of, of those grieving at this time, those in pain, those suffering terrible loss. May God's grace reach them and help them. Since the broadcast yesterday, one of the victims in the Wisconsin Christmas Parade massacre, little boy, dies. Yeah, so before that, it had been people in their 50s and up, all tragic deaths, including a couple of grandmothers in their 70s and others, uh, now little boy added, others still in critical condition. And further news about that. In fact, let me, let me just start there. <clears throat> I, I want to ask a question. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. The, the, the murderer or the alleged murderer knows the answer to this, and God knows. So I'm asking a question, all right? For months and months and months, the secular media, left-wing politicians, others have made the Kyle Rittenhouse case a case of white supremacy, which was never the issue. It was never, ever the issue. And he didn't go there as a white supremacist to kill blacks or other people of color. It was never about that the media, President Biden, others made it into it and are still making it into it, even after the jury verdict, even after that. You hear this day and night, day and night, day and night. Now we go to the driver of the SUV, Daryl Brooks, who allegedly willfully drove into the crowd, swerving to hit as many people as possible. That's what all the eyewitnesses say, police say, that he was swerving to hit as many people as possible. It wasn't out of control that he drove into this crowd. Now, this is 55 miles from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, Facebook pages associated with him, social media accounts associated with him, show him to be a racist. If this is the same person, show him to be someone who hates whites, wants to do an end with whites, make an end of whites, and who praises Hitler for killing Jews. 
and according to one of my colleagues, was a black Hebrew Israelite. Now, <clears throat> you've got someone that's already a racist. You have black racists, you have white racists, you have white racists on all sides. That's a fact. That's reality. It is, it is sinful humanity. It is not, depending on which culture you're in, you're going to have a, a, a dominant group, ethnic group, racial group, religious group. And if they're a racist, then they have more power to keep down others. But racial hatred, judging one group as inferior or not worthy of fair treatment or not fully human, whoever the group is, that's racism. All right. And, and that is throughout the human race, throughout the human race. And there's slave trade on all sides, different colors, trading different people. This is sinful humanity. And where we find it in our own hearts and lives, we recognize it as sin, confess it, repent, and seek to make things right. Okay? So here's my question. It's a question. But it's a, it, it's a question that requires a lot of circumspection now. Is it possible? Is it possible? that there is blood on the hands of these left-wing journalists, politicians, others, whoever they were, Hollywood voices, that constantly beat this drum of white supremacy, white supremacy, and evil Kyle Rittenhouse, and, and he's not worthy of living, and he's, the murderer got away with it, the racist white supremacist murderer got away with it. Now you have something less than an hour away with a man, according to the reports, if this is all accurate, who himself hated whites, wanted to see him killed, even talked about himself and others said, quote, we terrorists, all right? If this is all his account, I mean, everyone's saying it is, but I just say if, all right? Is it possible that the media, this constant race baiting stuff, helped push this guy over? He's responsible. Whatever he did, he's responsible. If he did this all intentionally, as said, he's a murderer, he's responsible. Okay, that's not the issue. But is, there also, is this a question? Is there also blood on the hands of those who kept beating this white supremacist drum? Because you know, look, you have it under the law that blacks are three-fifths human. They're going to be mistreated. And that was the case for decades and decades and decades in our history, mistreated under the law. You have the media presenting blacks a certain way in a demeaning, negative way. You're going to be treated a certain way. And you have a system set up where they get in your way. You can lynch them. Then you're going to have white supremacists going out and lynch. That happened in our history. We know that laws can promote certain behavior or encourage certain behavior. We know that words can do this. We know that things you can provoke, provoke, provoke. That was, my, that was one of my issues with Donald Trump, for whom I voted, that his words were often provocatory and divisive and inflammatory and, and stirred up all kinds of hostilities and, and divided us beyond where we needed to be divided. And the house divided can't stand, as Jesus said. Is there blood on the hands of the left? It, it, now, again, Details have to emerge. I'm asking you a question. But even so, it, it is a reminder. We must be responsible, especially we who have audiences, we who can speak to thousands or millions. We must be responsible with our words.
If you've not heard, the jury in Georgia reached a verdict in the killing of Ahmed Arbery. So you had the father and son directly involved in his shooting death and the third man following along and, and videoing. All three guilty of murder. All three guilty of murder. Now, I don't know details of this. When, when I watched it initially, I, 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 was absolute, I was sickened. Just all I saw was the, the video of, of him being chased down and then shot to death. You know, obviously, the, the argument was, well, he was, you know, he fought for, he had his, he had his fists or he, he fought for the gun. Either way, you don't, you don't take the law in your hands and chase an unarmed person in, in, in shorts and a, and a shirt. So it's, it's not like you've got, you know, he's in a car with armor or something like that. You don't chase him down with guns. You, you do not do that. You don't do it. And he, he was posing no visible threat to anyone at that moment. Were they guilty of first-degree murder? Should it be less? Whatever, whatever the, the right verdict was, was that reached, all pronounced guilty. Bottom line, guilty. Never should have happened. From my viewpoint, they never should have been doing what they were doing. And no, they didn't have a right to do it. They didn't have a right to do it. If you think someone's in your neighborhood that shouldn't be there, and you got two of you in a vehicle with one person unarmed, you can drive up and say, hey, what are you doing in our neighborhood? You know, if you think someone doesn't, or someone's acting suspiciously, right? And, a, and you drive behind them while they're jogging while waiting for the police to show up. But you don't go with a gun. You, you don't do that. Okay. <clears throat> Verdict has been reached there. And, and, but when I first saw it, I was absolutely sickened and wrote about it immediately. Would ha- Now, here's a big question. Would he have been chased down if he was a white jogger in that community? Well, he was seen in house. I, I understand all the different questions. I'm just asking questions, all right? Look, it, the, the reality is that certain people in certain settings, like, well, I don't expect to be there. Look, there have been athletes going to someone's, you know, rich athletes, black athletes, going to some exclusive neighborhood, driving in, uh, and, and they're going to some party there, and they get pulled over by police. What are you doing in this neighborhood? Because it's a rich white neighborhood, not used to seeing blacks there. So these things still happen. These things still happen. This is why we talk about them. These, these are realities. We, we want to address them as honestly as we can, Right. Why? To further inflict it? No, no, absolutely not. And, you know, sometimes I, I wish I had more time to look at all the comments that come into our shows and on social media, but between all the platforms we're on, we can literally get tens of thousands of, of comments over, over a period of months or months, and, and uh, there's no possible way to review all of them, let alone answer even some of them. And if I just answer one and not all the others, then it, it, so, so just can't do it. But, but you can judge what I'm saying wherever you want. That's between you and God. You evaluate it. But, but my goal is to, is to promote understanding and get people communicating and, and, and listening to one another and hearing one another's stories and perspectives and then filling in one another's blind spots. And then when I differ with you, I'll tell you I differ with you. 
If you differ with me, you tell me, but let it be iron sharpening iron. All right? Let, let that be the case. 866-34-TRUTH. I saw just the video evidence of Ahmed Arbery. To me, it looked like he was murdered. That was my perception looking at it. I looked at the Kyle Rittenhouse video. My perception, he acted in self-defense. In each case, that's how the jury ruled. In one case, a white kid shooting other whites, right, found not guilty. The other case, three white men involved in the killing of a black man. The whites found guilty. Hey, that's what we have our courts for and our juries for. That's why we do what we do. And to make it all about race all the time is to make a big, big mistake. We'll be right back with your calls, 866-34-TRUTH. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Hey, just a special reminder as we are committed to seeing you healthy, spirit, soul, and body. Let's talk about bodily health for a moment. So our friend, Dr. Stangler, who is a sponsor of this broadcast, helps us reach more people, helps us help you and get this broadcast out freely to more and more people. So he reached out to us, his office did, and said, why don't we do something special for Thanksgiving? So instead of the normal 10% discount that you get, it's a 20% discount until the end of November 28th, All right? So Eastern time, the end of the day, November 28th. So go ahead, place your orders. You can do it over at health, excuse me, vitaminmission.com vitaminmission.com and then click to see everything that's available because he's got, he's got a wide, wide range of health supplements. They're second to none and I can go on with that, but the reputation speaks for itself. And I, I use many of these to supplement my healthy eating. And then you use the code health instead of the normal Dr. Brown code, use the code health when you're checking out just the word health and the discounts double. And still, Dr. Stengler will make a donation with each order to our, our uh, ministry to reach more people through the broadcast. Hey, remember also, this is a great time if, if you want to get like a, a monthly subscription to something where, or however often you, you get the supplements or the vitamins or the things help you sleep or whatever it is. Um, this is a great time to do it because you get the 20% discount, right? Locked in when you, when you place that order, right? So take advantage of it. And this way you can be blessed. And Dr. Stengler uh, blesses us and helps us bless more people. So it's a nice cycle of life there. All right, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. My last little point, and then we want to go to your call. So you can weigh in on anything I've talked about, or, or you could call with any question on any subject whatsoever that you want to talk to me about, literally. As long as it's appropriate for Public Christian Radio, you name it, we're good to do it. Last thing I want to say, a year or two ago, I said something honoring maybe on Martin Luther King Day about Dr. King, but not wanting pushback because of a, a lot of revelation shortly before that about his alleged immorality. We had heard about that for years, but it seemed to be worse than known. And, and even a case where he kind of looked on the other way as, as a woman's being raped 
And so there was, there was a lot of tarnishing of reputation. So I posted something and saying, look, we understand he was a flawed man, but I appreciate X, Y, Z. Well, I got blasted by people saying, why bring up his flaws? Why point that out? There's not the time for this. And my whole reason was because I didn't want that to be the subject. Uh, I wanted the positive to be the subject, but I didn't want to be tone deaf. I didn't want to be uh, sounding ignorant of the pain that may have been inflicted on others and the womanizing, et cetera. So I, I made that comment. Well, I wrote an article a couple of days ago commending the spirit of, of an attitude of Dr. King compared to BLM and saying if we care about the, the dignity of black Americans and the well-being of black Americans, then we need to, to follow the spirit of Dr. King versus the spirit of BLM. I get people blasting me, well, how can we talk about his faults and his flaws and his adultery? <laughs> so remember what Jesus says in, in, in Matthew 11 and Luke 7, that, you know, the people criticize John the Immerser, right? He's demon, he's demon possessed. He, he doesn't get drunk. He doesn't, he doesn't drink wine and eat meat. And then Jesus eats with people and drinks with people. They say, hey, he's a wine bearer. He's a glutton. And he said, it's, it's like the, you know, the, the children, we, we, we played a happy song for you and you didn't dance. We played a sad song for you. You didn't mourn. Right. So, Hey, I do my best to speak the truth in love and, and to be a voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity and to serve you and infuse you with faith and truth and courage so that, that you can make a difference for God and in the world in which you live and never going to please anybody, or excuse me, everybody. You're never going to please everybody. So the goal is to please him, the Lord. Amen. 866-34-TRUTH. Let's start with CJ in Boise, Idaho. Welcome to the line of fire. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, so real quick before I ask, I just want to um, ask, is it okay to go like, kind of back and forth a little bit just because I had a little bit of a deep talk topic. Well, we'll, we'll um, give it a shot. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Okay. Um, so the other day I uh, had a a uh, comment that I made in the YouTube live chat that you had um, about uh, Rob Merkahana. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a somewhat of a back and forth love hate relationship sort of thing with Okay, now it's going to be challenging to go back and forth when we lose the call. So let's see, CJ, if you can reconnect, but we lost you there. 866-34-TRUTH. By the way, we've got some phone lines open. If you've tried to call in, especially on a Friday and can never get through, uh, today's a, a great day to, uh, to try to call. But uh, we'll see if we get CJ reconnected. In the meantime, we go over to Independence, Kentucky with Justin. Welcome to the line of fire. Oh, thank you. Um, I had a question about uh, uh, Noah, actually. Mm-hmm. So, uh, whenever after Noah uh, got off the ark and uh, God made a new covenant with all of mankind, um, that's that seems to be the first place that God permitted animal flesh to be used as food. Mm-hmm. So, my question is. Um, what was the purpose for that? I've seen that their relationship changed as far as like it said, uh, scripture says that now there will be a fear and animal. They'll have like an instinctual 
kind of fear of you, and you can eat all animal flesh. Right. Now, it would seem, based on the Genesis 1 commission and for, for human beings to rule over the rest of creation, that there, there was something, either an ingenuity uh, that, was, that was in human beings. Of course, you had domesticated animals as, as well, e- even then. Uh, but the, the fear and dread, was that a new thing that happened then, or is it something mentioned? And that, that's a fair question. Uh, but for sure, the big change is that, that you could now eat flesh, animal flesh, and, and that was not given before. Before that, it was plant, plant life, so you could eat fruits and vegetables, things like that, but you couldn't eat animals. Uh, why was it different after the flood? There are different theories. And what you have to realize, sir, is that you and I are reading the same Bible, and it's not like there's a lot of information outside of it about this. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not yeah. like we have uh, 10 other books and records back from Noah's day that give us more information. So we're speculating. We're speculating. Okay. Um, but some have argued, and again, I'm just giving different viewpoints. I, I can't tell you for sure. I don't know. But, but some have argued that the condition of the world before the flood was different than the condition of the world after the flood, which is why fairly quickly you see lifespans going down, 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 down after the flood and not being what they were before the flood. So that somehow the flood had a certain devastating effect on the planet as a result of which the conditions changed for the whole world. And it was now fine to eat meat as well. Uh, beyond that, we're, so that's speculating, but at least we see that the, the lifespans do go down dramatically after the flood. Now, again, I, I've, I've read young earth, older scientists debating this on different sides, right? It seems yeah. that even before the flood, there was this distinction between clean animals and not clean animals which was obviously not about eating, but about sacrificing. Clean animals could be sacrificed to God, which is why you brought more of them on the ark, because many would be sacrificed, and unclean animals couldn't. But it's not even said the exact same way as far as the dietary laws later in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, where you have tahor, which is clean, and tameh, unclean. With the flood, you have tahor, clean, and lo tahor, not clean. So even say it a little differently. Uh, but, but beyond that reason as to why this was allowed or why a certain violence was allowed, we're speculating. And it's, it's the kind of thing that makes for interesting conversation, but we really don't know. Uh, and then for the Israelites, they are told they have to be selective in the food that they eat and don't eat. And the reasons for that are, are also debated. Um, but have, have you heard any theory that appealed to you beyond what I've just said or that you thought could be interesting? No, well, I have no formal education. I know I haven't. Um, I have no formal education. I just uh, like I, I'm heavily reliant on scholars like yourself and, you know, and others, Walter Kaiser. And yeah. I also, uh, well, anyway. Um, yeah, the key, my, thing, I, I, the key thing, Justin, just to say this is that Scholars only know so much because we're still dealing with, 
you know, we have background. Sometimes we have background from the ancient Near East and other things. But in a case like this, it goes so far back, you just don't have a lot of other accounts to, to, to fill you in. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, one more question. So I heard I heard one of your uh, one of your uh, one of your uh, shows where you where you talk to the scholars, and and one of the guys mentioned that um, it it probably had something to do because you see this kind of formula in Leviticus chapter eleven where it's talking about like uh, those that split the hoof and chew the cud. Right. So it probably had something to do with um, you can't eat animals that eat blood, like they're guilty of eating blood, kind of thing. Yeah, or, like, or just well, or, yeah, they're scavengers. So they're eating other animals, they're eating things that are unhealthy, carcasses and stuff like that. Yeah, so that, that is a reason that many find in the dietary laws, that they themselves are eating unhealthy things and eating blood, and therefore they're not to be eaten. So that's certainly part of it. Hey, Justin, thanks for the questions. God of light, hear our cry. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, friends, to the broadcast. We've got some phone lines open, 866-34-TRUTH. Whatever's on your mind, doing things a little differently on this day before Thanksgiving, 866-348-7884. Before we go to the phones, let me see. Can I hold this up? Yeah, I can just got this in the mail completely unexpectedly. I didn't know it was coming. Got this in the mail on my way up to the studio today. It is not afraid of the Antichrist in German. Keine Angst vom Antichristen. Yeah. Uh, so it looks, looks nice. Looks, yeah. I'm so thrilled to get it out in German. There you go. Also, just got an email in my junk folder. If you're going to send out spam Try to proofread the English, huh? So, of course, from a completely bogus, it's endless bogus email address, it's allegedly from Citibank. We've must locked your account. We've must locked your account. And then an attachment you're supposed to open. I'm not, not going to open it. All right, 866-34-TRUTH. And we're going to try to... Reconnect with CJ in Boise, Idaho. All right, we got our phones connected properly now? Yeah, I think uh, I had my headphones in, so I think that my headphones sort of just kind of disconnected the call. I don't really know if All right. the thing that happened. So, so let me just take a second. You were asking me about Rabbi Meir Kahana. Uh, he was uh, an activist, ultimately assassinated uh, it, when he was in the States. An Orthodox rabbi who was so pro-Israel that he was militantly anti-Arab. And on the one hand, had a lot of excellent warnings for the Jewish people and important insights about Jewish culture and life and morality. At the same time, really instirred racial hatred against Arabs and basically did, did not want to share the land with the Arab peoples. So ultimately, he was, he was assassinated. Of course, he has a son involved in Israeli politics, but is, is considered, except by the extreme right wing, to be a, a radical, destructive figure because of his rhetoric. Yeah, so over to you. Absolutely. And so, um, so a big portion of why I wanted to potentially have a, a you know, small dialogue, because I know obviously it's, it's on a radio show, but about him is because he's a complicated figure for me personally. Um, on one end, he's somewhat of a hero of mine. 
because nobody, it seems, stuck up for Jewish people um, except for him. And, and it, it's, it's something I very much admire, you know, someone who's willing to just have that kind of love for their own uh, family members and people and friends and things of that nature. And I very much admire his teachings on, on Torah as well. And in fact, it's had me as, even as a Christian had a lot of new respect for the Torah that I never had before, just kind of listening to some of the stuff he would say. And yet on the other end, as you said, you know, he's got the, his, some of his rhetoric and, and, you know, some of my own, um, shall we say brethren in Messianic Jews have, have directly felt negative impacts of Kahanism. But, what I wanted to get to, to ask about is I don't know how exactly to view those things, because the things he did, he's doing well. Like, there's a movement to reestablish, you know, religiosity in, in, in Israel. They, you know, they want to they have a temple, and they want to have the Levitical priesthood up there, and they want to have, you know, uh, the teaching of halakha and stuff like that in the land. That's all, that all derives directly from Kahana. In fact, the founder of the Temple Mount Institute, Rabbi Yisrael uh, Ariel, is that he was uh, the second person on the party list for Koch, uh back when he actually won a seat when yeah, Kahn well, actually won a seat. Yeah, so here, here's let me let me just jump in here first and say, the the growing trend towards religiosity within Israel that that's nothing new that goes back before Kahana was ever born. So you, you have the the religious Jews who've been living there. Basically, an arrangement is made, kind of a marriage. Okay, we'll support your secular state, but we have to have autonomy. And, and you have to basically, where it comes to religious things like weddings, then all Israel has to live by our laws. So that's, that's been the way it's, it's been. That's kind of the, the union. And then what's happened now is the Orthodox, especially the ultra-Orthodox population has grown and grown and grown and become more and more influential and more and more involved in politics. Then it creates a real pushback from the rest of the nation. It's like, well, you can't tell us how to live. You, you can't push this on us. Uh, but, but that... Kahana is more responsible for right-wing politics than anything else. In, in terms of his emphasis and his legacy, it is extreme right-wing politics with, with racial hatred mixed in. Now, you say, how do, how do you balance that out? Well, it's the whole package. So if, if you had an amazing, phenomenal, in, incredible, gifted, uh, kindergarten teacher, this gal could absolutely in, in, engage the kids and get the kids to learn and get them interested. It was absolutely amazing, but had a massive drinking problem and on several occasions drove out of control and killed people. She goes to jail. This doesn't matter how good a teacher she is. Reading a biography about Jim Jones with the People's Temple, he was massively committed to socialism. And at a certain point, it just became his ego and his persona, but he felt it was so critically important to stand with poor communities and, and to, to fight back against discrimination against blacks and things. So he had these deep values, but was a deceived cult leader who ultimately uh, is, is a mass murderer of hundreds and hundreds of people. So well, may I add something? Yeah, yeah sure. I, sure. I, I hear you totally, but, Part of the thing that complicates this for me, you know, you brought up Martin Luther King earlier. Yeah. Um, and Malcolm X, I think, is another good example. But I think to really bring this home for us as Protestants, I mean, Martin Luther, right? The man, his, his what he said about my ancestors, because I would not be considered halakhically Jewish, but my ancestors were, and you directly, is terrible. It's awful, right? 
It's absolutely horrible, and yet he's responsible for the Protestant Reformation, which is such a beautiful and, and I would argue, God-driven thing. And it's like, how do you balance the fact that Hitler could yeah. not have possibly risen in Germany without Luther, you know, with the Protestant Reformation? And I see something similar here where you have, like, all these people, they want to make Aliyah, and they want to return to the land as, as worshippers of Yehovah when so many don't, and, and all this kind of stuff. And that's all, in their eyes, Kahanism, right? And yet at the same time, we have this, this Messianic Jewish problem. And Karaite Jews, too, they are feeling the horrible effects of, of some certain religious nationalism as well. And so I, I, it's not yeah, that but I, I don't. I don't. I think you're giving Kahana way too much credit in terms of his influence. That the Aliyah movement again exists outside of him. The massive influx of Russian Jews was a direct result of anti-Semitism in Russia. The influx of Jews from France is a direct result of the rise of anti-Semitism. It, many of the people coming never even heard of Kahana's name or would, would not even think about him, especially Russian Jews. I think you're, 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 you cannot put him in a class of influence like a Martin Luther. You're, 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 com- you're comparing a big fish in, in, a, in a small pond with a big fish in a giant pond. And you, you really, so you're, you see certain personal experiences, you're running into certain people, but his influence is nowhere on, on that level. Uh, it, it's revived in certain ways because of a more extreme right-wing a political faction that that's growing in Israel. As for Martin Luther, I I hold him in tremendous tension. I cannot think of a single good thing he did or good thing he said without the remembrance of the horrible things. It wasn't it was the horrific things about the Jews. You know, set the synagogues on fire, forbid the rabbis to teach under penalty of death, deprive them of good jobs, herd them together in ghettos like the gypsies. I mean, utterly horrific. Uh, when it came to the the peasants, the peasants' war. What, 150,000 killed? He says, I, com- I, I did it. I did it. I commanded it to happen. And, you know, just real sicko things. So, I, look, I've talked to church historians, professors, and said, when you teach on Martin Luther, how much time do you spend teaching on these things? And one of the top historians looked at him and said, we don't. A little bit embarrassed. So we've got to hold it in, in tension, appreciating the good, but grieving over the bad. And when it comes to Kahana, the, the biggest legacy is the bad because you have enough people pro-Israel, enough people pro-Aliyah, enough people pro-Torah, etc. So I've read some of his stuff and it sounds prophetic. I, I mean, some of it is, is incredibly insightful and wow, he saw things coming before they came. But this is the reminder to us here. And I'll say this last thing. I, in, in my chat, in my book, Donald Trump is not our savior. An evangelical leader speaks his mind about the man he supports as president. This, they came out in October of 2018. And I, one of the points that I made, the takeaways, is that character does count and morality does matter. In other words, we got criticized. How could you vote for Trump when he's such a lousy character and was such a bad character in the past? And we said, well, we don't like what he did in the past, but we appreciate all the good he's doing here. But character does count. Morality does matter. Because of his character weaknesses, that pushed so much animosity towards him that there was actually a push against the whole Republican Party on a certain level, you know, losing a, a majority in the Senate. And, and then this wave of votes against him. Now that he's out of the picture board, people are just dealing with the left-wing Democratic policies. There's this massive pushback against them. But the divisiveness that he brought, so character does count, morality does matter.
that's the way I'd sum it up, right? So if I were you, what I would do is if there's some really good things that Kahana said that are worth repeating or worth sharing that uniquely come from him, then you do what I would do with Luther. I would say I grieve over X, Y, Z, but separate this from Kahana. This is an excellent point. Or here's where he gets even misrepresented or demonized even more. Let's look at him in a balanced way. And then the reminder that all human beings, even the very best, are still mixed in some level, which is why we don't idolize people. All right, so I'll, I'll give you the last word. Yeah, and I, I appreciate your insight here tremendously because, I, you know, even in my responses, it's not even that I, I disagree with you as much as it is that I am, you know, eternally kind of struggling with this. Yeah, but, yeah, you know. understood. Um, and I, I will say I think, I think Kahana's influence is a little bit more insidious than people might think. Um, you know, the, the Temple Mount Institute, which is responsible for the new Levitical priesthood and wanting to, and, you know, it's Yehuda Glick's group. Um, it's actually founded by his, his sort of second-in-command, uh, and he was also the keynote speaker at the very first Noahide conference. Yeah, but um, see, and, even you know, solo, I mean, these, I said I'd give you the last word, but since you brought that up and, and you want me to respond, <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not, and yeah, and I love it to push, you know, this way we can get deeper. But even so, within Israel, the Temple Mount Institute is, is not influential. It's not really a major consideration to religious Jews, and secular Jews hardly know about it. And the Noahides re remain a fringe group, very much fringe group, with percentage-wise a very, very small number of Gentiles overall. Hey, CJ, thanks for the dialogue. We'll be right back with your calls. Harry Randy, you're next. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Do you get my emails? No? Oh, okay, can you take a second, unless you're driving, go to askdrbrown.org, ask drbrown.org. Just put in your first name, last name, email address, if you like your, your physical address as well. We would love to be a blessing to you and pour into you and strengthen you and help you and serve you. So go there. When you sign up, immediately we'll send you a really neat mini book, Seven Secrets of the Real Messiah. It's an e-book. It's a real eye-opener. It, it condenses, oh, decades of research thinking into some really edifying truths for you. That's one thing. We'll also send you more of my testimony from LSD to PhD, more of the background. Talked about the three R's of our ministry, revival in the church, gospel-based moral and cultural revolution, and redemption in Israel. And then let you know each week so you don't miss, here are our latest articles, here are our latest videos. Oh, there's a special resource offer you need. You think, how come I didn't know about that? Oh, you weren't on the email list. So this way you can find out, askdrbrown.org. And if, if we're a blessing, you share it with your friends. If we've helped you, then share that blessing with others. All right, let us go back over to the phones. Hang on, where, what happened to my, all right. So, all right, something seems to have frozen on my, wait, hang on. There we go, there we go. My mouse has just reappeared. 
Let us go over to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Harry, welcome to the line of fire. Thank you, Dr. Brown. How are you? It, it's, uh, I'm one of your supporters, and I don't know if you remember me. My nickname's Hal, H-A-L, Hal Leith, and you sent me your book on music. Power of Music. Last, last and you, right, and you sent me some yeah. of your, your worship music and things like that. All right, great great yeah. to meet you uh, by phone, and thanks well, for your support. Well, I just, I, I, before my question, I just want to plug that book. I mean, I, I gave a great review, video review on Amazon. It, all my Christian musician friends, and even non-Christian friends, should read that book. It's got it's a great overview of history, and a great just a great kingdom encouragement for the musicians. Awesome friends, that's so, the book, "The Power of Music: God's Call to Change the World, One Song at a Time." Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, <clears throat> I've been studying. You know, I, I was never really sure if, if the creation is old or young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was reading uh, about uh, about about a year ago or so. I was reading, and I, I something just dawned on me that when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it withered immediately. As a matter of fact, in in Matthew it says, how soon the fig tree withered. The disciples were astounded. And could it be that because recorded history, even in Wikipedia, it says the span of recorded history is roughly 5,000 years. Think about that. If if we really evolved, and, and of course we don't believe in evolution, but what I'm saying is that if the creation was billions or millions or even hundreds of thousands of years ago, we would say that the, the human intellect would have, have a, a longer recorded history than 5,000 years. Yes, yeah, so, so, so the, the, yeah, the argument would be from, from scientists who believe in an old earth, let's not even think about Christians for a moment, that there was an evolutionary process with human beings over a period of hundreds of thousands of years and that they would claim that there is archaeological evidence or, or at least evidence of, of fossils and carbon dating that would point back to that. And then they would look at larger issues in, in terms of, of, of stars and Earth and so on and, and argue for an old dating. Now, as, as everyone knows, I'm not a scientist, and I leave the scientific debate to scientists. A young Earth creationist would argue along the, the lines you are in terms of when you can actually see Okay, here are human beings communicating in certain ways. It goes back to a, a certain point. Evolutionists would say, yeah. yeah, that's when human beings reach that point of communication. But then a creationist, young earth creationist, would say, well, Adam and Eve were created how? As adult human beings, fully formed yeah. adult human beings. So they would say, why can't God create the universe fully formed as a mature universe? Because Everyone would agree, for example, if you have a tree and you have tree rings, it's a, you, you, can, you can see how old a tree is. So yeah. why would you have a tree freshly created that has, you know, these tree rings as if it's hundreds of years old? And the answer would be, well, the same way Adam and Eve were created as mature. And others would say, well, is God trying to trick everyone, make yeah. it look old? So yeah. that's the debate as it goes yeah. around. Um, and, what I'm you know, trying to say, though, yeah. doctor, what I'm trying to say is that could it be that the age to Earth is very old, but just like the fig tree was withered quickly, it aged. It aged so. I mean, it aged years and years and years in in a few seconds after he cursed it, or a day or so. And so my point is, could it be that the 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 Earth is the same? It was cursed. The ground was cursed. The Earth was cursed. And like the fig tree aged supernaturally, could it be that also <clears throat> the Earth did? 
and like you and think about think about it if the if if the script of humanity only goes back five thousand years to the Sumerian script, that's a very short time. Of, of right. Language. I mean, I'm of course, you have script, you have script. you have cave paintings and things like that 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 go go right. much much earlier than that. Right. So that I I don't know again because I know so little science. Yeah. Sounds like it's possible. <laughs> In other words, a scientist okay. could get up and say, well, for X, Y, Z reasons, that couldn't be because of this, 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 this. But young Earth creationists would often point out that a lot of the changes we see it, on the Earth are the result of the flood, that people have not okay, recognized yeah. how much the yeah. flood changed the world. So what you'd be right. saying is that uh, after human sin and God curses the Earth, so then it would spread through the whole universe. That would have to be the whole argument then, that the whole universe was cursed, and hence the whole universe kind of aged overnight. So the questions would be, well, you know, light being transmitted, stars and, and, and life yeah. being sustained, how does it all work? That's why I'm, I'm too ignorant of science I, yeah, to give I an intelligent answer. I, right, I don't know how it works, but all I'm trying to say to you is this, is um, <clears throat> when I get off the phone, if I could leave, I wrote a pamphlet, it's on Amazon, it's 18 pages, real short, called, how soon the fig tree withers. If you could give me a review after, if you have time in the next few months, I'd appreciate it because I, I laid it all out really shortly, succinctly. And I really think, you know, I, I just think because the ground was cursed, that that the earth could be old, very, very old, but also yeah, very understood. young. Like if, if someone, okay, so, great. So, so thank you so much. I, yeah. No, let me just say this, Hal, and, and thank you for the, for the kind words and, and the support again. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, one of my colleagues who is who is more uh, academically uh, scientific than I am to take a look at it as as well, and and uh, we'll go from there. But feel free to to send me a link, so this way I won't forget to do it, uh, and and uh, we'll we'll take a look at it. Hey, blessings on you, man, and blessings on your your Thanksgiving. Uh, do I have time? Yeah, I have time for one more call. Randy in Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Line of Fire. Dr. Brown, this is Randy. Hey, Randy. Hey, nice to talk with you. Thank I've, you. I've been listening to you for, I don't know, maybe a couple years now. I've listened to many, many live episodes, and I like the vast majority of everything you say. I appreciate you very much. And Thank I, you. And bless you. In the name of the Lord, I pray for you and your ministry. Um. I love a lot of your attitude about the charismatic, you know, I've read a lot of Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and all, all those things. Cause I'm looking for a lot of the same answers you're looking for. I think a lot mm. of people are, why don't we see the power anymore? You know, I, I mean, instances we do like the Lord just blessed me. I passed a kidney stone a few months ago with no pain. Wow. And yeah, yeah and passed and a couple. Doctor, That's like, I've the, never, yeah. right. And, and the Lord knew I didn't want to go under this procedure. I'd, I think a lot of people have their doubts about the medical community in general right now. But uh, um, other than that, you know. Well, I, we'll tell you I, what, I Randy. I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to interrupt. But I, I know this is your last call. Yeah, and I've got I, limited I, time. I want to make sure I can you, answer you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I would like to ask you maybe to do something you've never done. I've heard you give away books, but there's a Jewish woman the Lord led me to help take care of the last five years. Show me to her in a dream before I met her. She's born in 1948. 73 now, the devil's been really bad to her. She's almost blind, almost deaf, but mm. tough old gal, still fighting. She's been hit by cars, walking to the store and stuff. Mm. And, and um, But she uh, 
she doesn't believe in Jesus yet, but she knows I do, and and I and she's a very hard person to love. If if you want to learn how to love somebody that's unlovable, this is the woman. But mm. she's changed so much in the last five years, and you know, she knows the Lord's blessed me through it all. I've come through some hard times, but um, if there's any way, I know you wrote something over forty books. I've seen you give books away. She lives on nine hundred dollars a month. She's trying to sell her house. I don't know if it's gonna. Yeah, so, so are, are you looking for us to, to send something for her to read or listen to or help financially? What's yeah, the request? Yeah, she's a prolific reader, and she okay. loves people that are doctors and stuff. But she would probably read every one of your books if she can get them. I, I can't afford I'm helping all right, her. So, Randy, here, here's, what, here's, what, right now. here's what you do, Randy. Stay right there, okay? It's going to be a moment before our call screener gets to you. And kind Chris, let's make sure they uh, Grayson knows to do that because he's on another call right now. I want to send you... Two books that I wrote that I think would really help her. The Real Kosher Jesus. So our team will, will let studio know. The Real Kosher Jesus and Resurrection. Investigating a rabbi from Brooklyn, a preacher from Galilee, and an event that changed the world. So Grayson's going to come back with, to you in a moment. All right. When he does, he's going to get your name and address, and we will send you those two books. The Real Kosher Jesus, and Resurrection. If somehow there's any misconnection here, just go to our website, sdrbrown.org, and say, you're on the air, it'll get to us, and we will send it out. We we will know the books to send. All right? There you go. Grace is on it right now. God bless him. Friends, have an awesome Thanksgiving. We've got a best of broadcast tomorrow, special broadcast for Friday, so be sure to tune in. Back with you live on Monday. Another program powered by the Truth Network.